I don't care what anybody says. The Rock was the greatest superstar of 2004. And a, <laughs> no, I just wanted to start with some random ah. ism, some random ism. What's up, man? How you doing? Nothing much. Uh, I didn't think about something since we're going off script here. What did you think uh, about? I really enjoyed Eric Rowan's sit-down interview with Michael Cole. Oh, man. I wanted to talk about that. Um, well, well, in that case, ladies and gentlemen, boys, <laughs> welcome to the Preachers and Pinfalls podcast. Uh, we are preachers, and we love wrestling, and we love Jesus. And we pinfall the, and we pinfall the devil. One, two, three. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Tap him out. Take that, Satan. <laughs> Question, Dante, before we get started too deep into it, okay. how, how close are you to your modem? I am in the, um, I'm in the lab, a.k.a. the back cave. Because you Very close proximity to the modem. Okay. All right. So. Maybe, maybe it'll get better. Like, it's got that delay a little bit, like, you know, kind of some weird Star Trek noises it's making. It could possibly be me. I don't know. No, it's me because my wife just texted me. Oh, that was, that, that's exactly what that was. Let yeah, me apologize. Let me apologize to the listening audience. I have my sinuses tonight are like really, really bad. So if you hear me blowing my nose, I am so sorry. But oh, my have, goodness. You are physically congested. I am physically congested, okay? But enough about me and my ailments. Um, Dante, get us jumping. You want to dig into Eric Rowan? Because I know I did. Yeah. Let's 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 go. Let's go on the base as far as scale, scale, screw the run sheet. Let's talk about Eric Rome. Uh, you want to go first to me? Um, you know, I'll go first because my poem is actually extraordinarily short. Okay, go ahead. And that is, <laughs> sorry, I love it when they do the sit down interview. And I thought about the first time the sit down interview was really meaningful. Yeah. For a wrestler, the first time I remember, and the probably the, the one I remember most was post Montreal, not Montreal screw job, post curtain call, Triple H Ooh. and Jay. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that post curtain call? That was like after. Yeah. Wasn't that after he came back from that injury? No, no, no. The the um that interview happened. What so it kind of all happened at the same time, if I'm not mistaken. He did the curtain call. Then he had, you know, he had to kind of pay his, um, pay the piper. Yeah. You know, Paul and Nash were gone. Sean was the champ. So he had to take it. And then I do think he had a knee injury. Yeah, he did. Kind of in that sort of sequence. And then that's the famous, um, you know, when he told JR, I am the game. No, I think, I think, I don't know if that was in the same amount. Of time though, dude. Like I think that Hunter went through. He was like a, I want to say an undercarder for a little bit after that post um, click thing. I, I want to say yeah. two thousand, two thousand and one. Well, no, no, you gotta go back further than that. The, that interview was like ninety. Let's see what I'm trying to think. What year did Steve Austin win King of the Ring? Ninety six. So that had to be. 99. 99. I give it 99. 
Because uh, I want to say, man, how come I don't remember this? Triple H. Yeah, so no, that that ended that sit down with JR was a Monday Night Raw. It was post curtain call. And, and it, what I mean post, it was like a year after. Well, yeah. or, or somewhere. Yeah. Really? Because Triple H, like I, I remember like Triple H losing to the Godwins after the whole thing happened. But a so, year yeah, after the curtain call? Okay, maybe maybe my time is just off. I I remember yeah. I'm I'm like putting the curtain call ninety five. Four ninety five, ninety. Let's see. And then I'm putting that infamous "I Am the Game" um, said down interview ninety late ninety eight ninety nine because it was before Chris Jericho came. It was well before Chris Jericho came. And Jer- okay, Jericho so, came around two thousand. Okay, wait a minute. So, so Kevin Nash debuted. On Nitro in '96. Okay, that makes sense. So, so the um, Montreal Screwjob. So the curtain call. When was the curtain call? The infamous curtain call. Ah, the curtain call was '96. Was it? Yes. So when did game come back? Okay, people, if you're listening, you know we know you're listening. We apologize. We, we got to get to the <laughs> okay. bottom of this. So, so, Triple, so Triple H won the King of the Ring. <laughs> um, let's see. Ah, so I, you were right. the the sit down The sit down interview was '99. Yeah, because I, I remember his music. I remember the music. And I remember, like, this was a little bit before Y2J came. Because once Y2J came, they started going head-to-head a lot. That's right. Yeah, you know what? You're right. This was my era. Yeah, and Slash, Triple H had... It wasn't... Well, he. I I remember JR talking about the curtain call. But this was more about why Triple H left DX. And and I specifically remember this, Dante, because they did a promo package. It was either like a week before Triple H came back and they showed him, I will never forget this as long as I live. <laughs> they showed Triple H with his hat backwards. He was like working out at the gym, working his quad or whatever he messed up. And then they showed him sitting in a restaurant eating, eating lobster. <laughs> I would never forget that and i remember that was, when that was, that, was. Yeah, that that was that was the knee okay okay his quad, the... his quad was 2001 okay so it was the knee it was the knee so yeah so like so like when i when i think about eric rowan and how they use that to get number one it's like this whole catch 22 because i'm i wish they would do it more but then i feel like if they did it more it wouldn't be as special yep a triple h gotta save it when the way they use it with Brock Lesnar, I think, is brilliant. When they did it with Ronda Rousey, it was like Ronda struggled with the in-ring promo. She would, but her when they would do like sit-down interview packages with her, they were so good. So your so thoughts you like, on wrong? You know, I really like what they're doing with this whole trifecta of Roman, Roman. Um, Daniel 
I told you Luke was coming back. Didn't I tell you that? And I told you he was going to side. I saw that coming. But even removing him out of it, I don't know how they were able to... I I wasn't familiar with Roman before uh, he was with Bray. But how... Whatever they've been able to pull out of him, man, I'm I'm kind of enjoying this. Um, I'm really liking this part-time babyface run of Daniel Bryan. If he goes back heel, I don't know. But something interesting somebody said is that WWE has done something they they often cannot replicate, uh, or they often don't do well. They've been able to tell a really good storyline, but build it up in such a way that. Whatever the outcome, you as a fan, you're going to be into it. So let's, let's just say, for example, hypothetically, if, if we're booking the next couple of months, uh, what's the next pay-per-view coming up? It sale, is Hell in the Cell coming up? Hell in the Cell next. So yeah. let's say that Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns go head-to-head against Luke and Roman. If Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns win, I think the crowd's still going to be invested. If Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns lose to Luke and Roman, I think the crowd's still going to be invested. And I think that speaks to WWE has done a really good job of just telling the story. And I think that the characters involved, Roman and Daniel have done an excellent job. Roman has done really good. Now, I don't know if it's because we've never, he's never had a chance to shine in his own light. Mm-hmm. You know, given some hiccups here and there with promos and some in-ring stuff, like, okay, I'll push that stuff to the side. But solid, you know, in-ring has been okay. Mike has been okay. Storyline-wise has been great. And Daniel's going to – Daniel knows how to make filet mignon out of, out of chopped liver. So th- it, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it post who murdered Roman. <laughs> you know, this has become yeah, I, a really good story. I am – I definitely, definitely – I'm enjoying it as well. Um the way they're using Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I like the way like this is like in a lot of ways very old school booking and, yeah. and but even in, in a more modern sense it's very attitude era like where they're using guys who they're not really using around the championship. And I'll give you a specific case of what I'm thinking. Uh, so, so, you know, Danny Bryant's not around the title. Roman Reigns is not around the title. What do you do with them? You use their star power to help yeah. get guys with potential to help get those guys over. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm specifically thinking about the Undertaker-Jeff Hardy ladder match. Yeah. Taker, look, Taker wasn't around the title at that time. So, what, what's the best thing to do? With it? Help get Jeff Hardy over as a singles guy. He was, he was really the star of the Hardys. He began to kind of have this following. So, let's try to use him as singles. Um, at the time, I think that was um, that was. Matt Hardy's one of his first significant injuries, so he was gonna be out. So what do you so what do you do with Jeff? And they so I, I like I like what they're doing. You know, I, you know, I'll tell you what is most impressive to me about Eric Rowe. 
and it, and it has nothing to do with what he's doing right now on television. So I uh, I subscribe to uh, Celtic Warrior Workouts, Seamus's YouTube channel. Yes. And he's uh, doing uh, he's working out with Rusev. And and in the background, doing pull ups with like the chain weight belt and like two forty five pound plates. It's Eric Rowan. Mm. And like effortlessly, this guy's like 6'8 and 320 pounds. And he is like effortlessly doing his pull-ups with all, with all of this weight around him. I'm like, that is a that is a physically strong man. But I don't even if I work, I don't know if I want to work him because he may like sure. accidentally throw me through something. Yeah, like that, yeah. that is just physical strength. So let's um Let's go through the clash very, very quickly. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything of significance really to talk about as far as Clash of Champions. Really the only thing – so it, it was a decent show. They, they use Clash the way you should use a level pay-per-view. And, and it's, 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 it's just timed perfectly because it kind of sits – right before uh, the draft. Um, and it sits right there before SmackDown goes to Fox. Just FYI, um, you know, they pay me to write about college football. Um, so I watch a lot of it, which means I watch a lot of it on Fox. The commercials and the promos that they're doing for SmackDown are fantastic. I saw an ad today. Are with, so good. I saw an ad today with um, Scott Dawson and what is the name of their tag team? Nash Wilder. The, Re- the Revival. The Revival. And it was such a good ad. Not just graphic wise, but Scott, they had a quote in there from Scott, Scott Dawson. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase. Fox Sports should thank us for the amount of money that we're about to make for them. That we're going to make. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it was so good. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Man. That's so, good. Yeah. You know, you know, FYI about the revival. If they're like, if they're supposed to be this like homage to old school tag teams, they shouldn't have a name. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Like, like they're supposed to remind people of like, you know, only and Arn Anderson. Yeah. And they were kind of unofficially the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, although Arn is from Georgia in real life, but they were they were the Anderson, and even when so. Arn and Tully had a name in WWE. They were the Brain Busters. Yeah. But in the NWA, they were just they were just you know Anderson and Blanchard. And see, that's really the old school things. You just call them by their last names. They're like Dash and Wilder. And I like that. Um, you know, I'm so yeah. I'm, I hate I'm the a, that's just such a stupid name. I'm a little bit of a traditionalist, so in in some aspects, I don't like. I you don't, don't think, think they? You don't think tag teams should wear wrestling gear? That's like no, I don't. That's not a thing. Team. I, it's not a thing. And so you definitely don't need to have a name, especially when it's like they're real characters. If For somebody like Hawk and, 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 and Road Dog, and I'm sorry, Hawk and Animal, then yeah, because of their gear. They're the Road Warriors. They're, yeah, the Road Warriors. They're, 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 they're the Road Warriors, damn it. Like, it makes sense. But for Wilder. Because, see, that you, you make you have my, my ADHD kick in. Hey, I was watching. I was watching WrestleMania 9 and uh, 
Hulk started his promo. I'm like, I thought this dude was gonna start hooping like a preacher. <laughs> but continue, I'm done. Uh no, Wilder and, and Dash, like those are good names. Like they got good names, you know, Anderson. That's a great that's a great yeah. name. Edge and Orton. You know, these are these are just examples. Like, you don't need well, to you know, like, like Team RKO, rated RKO. I didn't think you needed that. <laughs> like you so so you must definitely be enjoying uh Rude and, and Ziggler. You know, you know what, man? I'm gonna be honest. You know the affection I have for Dolph. And I'm a huge fan of Rude. I'm not mad at them. I, I don't want to say mad. I'm okay because we have it. There's nothing we can do with it. But I'm not like, you know, pissy and, and moaning about it. Like, okay. It, I, I like it. It reminds me of an old school tag team. It, Ziggler and Rude. Like, they fit together as a tag team. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm going to tell you they remind me. Um, Greg is what I want. When I was significantly younger than I am. Um, and Greg the Hammer Valentine went babyface. This was like the mid 80s. Um, and he won a tag championship with uh, Brutus the Barber being hanged over the dream team. And like Brutus still did his barber gimmick and Greg still wore the robe. I'm like, this is like 2019 dream team because mm. Bobby let that root, that, that robe go. And, uh, and Dolph is still, you know, gyrating all over the place with his with his jacket and and he he has his uh I skip leg day on purpose tights on. <laughs> um, so but but um so I think the most significant thing in my opinion that happened at the clash was uh Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Although I I will say this I was very, very impressed by Braun Strowman. It, it, it looks like they're trying um, to heat him up again. I mean, to have him work uh, twice and one night, and he was fantastic both times. Um, I, I thought that was, I thought that was, that was very, very impressive. Um, so I'm, I'm looking through the card here really quick. I don't... And here, here's my question to you, and this might take us this might take us out of the clash conversation. You let me know if you're okay with that. Okay, um, I'm okay. Okay, so speaking of Bray, the fiend, he's mm-hmm. pitted, he's pitted against um, Seth for sale for the Universal Championship. And I don't I don't have a, a yay or nay. I, you know, I'm just, I'm asking you, not that I have a pre. Uh, disposition. Do you think that this is too soon for the championship? No. Okay. No, I, I, I think that you need his character, if if you if you if you look at this line of characters like Bray Wyatt, I go back to the same thing. How did the Undertaker make his debut? Yeah. He made his debut at Survivor Series and he beat Hulk Hogan for uh the, the championship. Even 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 the big show. He debuted at Nitro and he was billed as the son of Andre. How did he debut? He came out, he beat Hulk Hogan for the championship first night. And here's the thing. Bray won't need it 
after he wins it. Mm, that, see, that could, so my next question is, I agree. I agree. I think that Bray has one of those unique characters. He doesn't need the cha- he does not need the championship to still but be unique. He, but, but what he needs to to establish the character, uh, what he needs to establish the character is he needs uh, he needs to win a lot. But I, I agree. But so, but, but before we go there, before we go there, okay. I, I agree, and you're getting into the the latter part of this of my of my question. But if if Bray wins, come sell, he can't keep the title forever. I, I don't think that he's somebody you want to. He's not a Brock, you know. Brock, Brock as you stated, no, no. needs the title. And although I disagree with that. Uh, if if you were to use Brock on a regular basis, he would not need the title. But because he's a part timer, yes, he needs the title. But nonetheless, how do you get it off of him without damaging the character? Because Bray need – this is the reason we have the whole theme now is because Bray lost too much. How do you you get the belt off of the theme without damaging the character? Because to me, me, even losing one time, it it does damage. Right now – like you, you would have to give it like two years before he can lose a match. Um, and I'm being so honest to, to me. So how do you get the belt off of him without a damage? That game? might have been the best question you've asked since we've done this podcast, and it's right in my wheelhouse. So it's it's simple, but it's sort of complex. Okay. So you brought up, you, you brought up Brock Lesnar. The reason Brock needs the championship is because Brock's an attraction, and Brock's character only works on top. His character, uh, I mean, like, you could do, like, the whole grudge match thing you had with Triple H. You can do that, but you can't do that often. Yeah. Brock has to be the champion. His character warrants that. What you do is, um, just, just FYI, you think about how long The Undertaker has been in WWE. He's only been champion seven times. Yep, yep. So... You know, he, he, he's not even double digits in championships because he doesn't need it. So I think what you do is you're going to probably put the title back on Seth. Now, and that, that is all dependent. I know we're going to kind of dabble a little bit in the draft, but that, that's very dependent on um, how the draft and everything shakes out and where that championship goes. Um, and I'm 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 gonna go out on a limb and say maybe Brock stays. You know he wins. He wins. No, okay, don't don't well, don't go too much into Brock okay. because I got a specific okay. question about him so, and Kofi. Well, I want to ask so, so 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 I think you take it off from at Survivor Series and Seth can win clean because because what you're gonna do is you're just going to have Bray just have this reign of terror. And in that reign of terror, he's not going to wrestle a whole lot. Yeah, I agree. So, 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 you may, so, so, so you may have him on Monday Night Raw every Monday night, like leading up to, I don't know the pay-per-view, but let's see. Uh, oh, Survivor, Hell in the Cell is October. So, yeah, Survivor Series is in November. So you have him on Monday night, but he doesn't wrestle again until Survivor Series. 
and he's just tormenting everyone. Specifically, he's tormenting Seth Rollins. Now, here's a, here's here's another one. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do with uh, one Fergal Devitt, aka Finn Balor, when he comes back. You could move Seth away from the championship for a little bit, and you could put Finn, babyface Finn, into that spot, and you could have babyface Finn beat Bray kind of as this revenge um, coming back. And you could have Finn run with the Universal title, and you kind of maybe get this dream match at the Rumble between Seth and Finn. That's one of the matches I've been Want to see and, just, and just and just an FYI for those listening, Finn, you know, he, he said he wanted some time off, but Finn did get married in, in like a real life shoot. He get he got married. Um, but also he's advertised to be back in the ring October twenty first through the twenty third, I believe, because okay. they're doing a run in Australia. And they're gonna have him what's currently booked is him versus Shinsuke for the Intercontinental Champion. Okay. So they they've got them going back back and forth. Okay, so yeah, so I, so I think you take, and then here's the thing with Bray, you take the belt off of Bray, and then, you know, have Bray go away to the Royal Rumble, and, and just go, just go back and you do the Firefly Funhouse for two or three months, because, because at the end of the day, what made The Undertaker in, in that original incarnation, I'm, I'm speaking specifically of the Grave Digger, Undertaker. Uh, he didn't wrestle a lot. So don't have Bray work a lot. Take it off of him at SummerSlam. Um, have him do Firefly Funhouse. If you want to put, put it back on him at some point before the end of this year, that's fine. But just kind of have him do the Firefly Funhouse, like really play into this conflict between Bray and The Fiend. Play into that dichotomy. Because one thing I love about the character is that every time The Fiend hurts someone, he's conflicted about hurting. I think, like, they, I think they have the perfect mixture of yeah. a good villain because I think about Mankind slash Mick Foley when mankind was the sympathetic, just humble, and I want to say just tormented individual that could not stop hurting people. You, you know what I mean? So like you said, that dichotomy, yeah. I can I, I correlate that to, to mankind. And you go, and, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Mick said on one of his DVDs that I own, like, for six months before he worked in WWE. Mm. And yes, man, Mankind was a tortured soul. Yeah. Like, he was miserable hurting people, but he couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. So, and then, and then you know, they'll, it, you know, you know, uh, Wyatt Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt, is super smart about the business. He'll figure out how to evolve that character. So, I'm with you. I, I'm sorry. Maybe you weren't finished. I I, I kind of cut you off. I apologize. Oh, no, no, I, no. I was pretty much done. Yeah, you could you could take it I, off him if he if he wins. If yeah, that's the big that's that's the question. If he wins, I I'm with you with everything you said except one thing. What's that? To me, right now, 
in this window that we're in of the fiend in his freshness, he cannot lose clean to anybody. I think that if he if he wins the if right he wins the title at Cell, um, and then him and Seth go back at it at Survivor Series or 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 you save it for the Rumble, whatever, one of those two. I think the to me the logical thing in order to protect the Fiend's character and get the belt off of him is you have to have an interference. And I would prefer that A. Finn Balor would be the interference in the match between Bray and Seth. And from that, okay, from that interference, you, you, let, you let Finn torment Bray. And, and whatever that match is that him and Seth have, let music play, let something happen, right? Or, or, or Finn can just run down to the ring and be Finn and, and try to give him the coup de grace, you know, whatever. Seth wins that way because I think that if it, if it's clean, to me, you know, you talk about protection, you talk about mankind and Taker. You didn't see them have a whole lot of clean, clean, clean losses in the middle of the ring in the in the beginning stages of the establishing their characters. You had to wait till their characters got established enough that the the, the the crowd wouldn't care. And I think that right now, Bray's in that sensitive moment, and the way you treat his character, you really got to be careful. I agree. And you know what? Um, I can completely I I get that. And yeah, I, you know, you could have you could have because I'm trying to think did because I, I know the Undertaker did lose the championship to Hogan. But I'm trying to think, did he lose the championship to Hogan clean? He might not have. So you might be right in that regard. But not, and my thing is, uh, the main reason I don't think it's too soon for Bray is because Bray is hot. Yeah, he is. And you don't want to wait too long so he starts to cool off. And then you try to put it on him and, it, and the time is not right. You're right. Like, the, the, one, the one thing about, about the business, it seems as if too soon is always better than too late. Ooh, because you, you think because so? Thing, absolutely. Because too soon, if it doesn't work at first, okay, you you can just kind of say, okay, what how what do we okay. need to do to fix okay. this? And then when it happens again, but too late, I think too late is all about timing, and you can sometimes kind of trick yourself into the wrong answers. Okay, I'm with that. I'm with that. Like, like I'll give you a perfect example when 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 uh, Braun Strowman. Russell Brock Lesnar was that great ball of fire, and, and, and Strowman was like white hot. They should have put the title on Braun Strowman. And and the truth is, Braun may never get that hot again. Because one thing about it, when you're that hot, and you get the belt, you can figure out the rest. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. Seth Rollins being a good example of that. Um, and then Dean Ambrose being the opposite example. Like, by the time they put it on Dean, I think it, I think he had cooled off. He was still popular, but to your point, I don't and, think he was as hot. But, you know, his his run on SmackDown as champ was really good. It was... He, 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 did, he did really well by that championship. And it, it made me realize that what WWE thought about Dean Ambrose as a character. His character only works on top. And I, 
and I think that's why I never really I liked Dean in the Shield as and he was like the mouthpiece of the Shield, but when it, when the Shield disbanded and Dean kind of did he was became the lunatic fringe, um, which was just foolish because uh, he wasn't Terry Funk and he wasn't Cactus Jack and he wasn't Stone Cold Steve Austin. His character was Gaga. And his character didn't work in mid-card feuds. No. But the time he was champion, it worked. Uh, anywho, uh, he's in the perfect split. He's in the perfect place in New Japan. Uh, and I, I'm curious to see what he looks like in AEW. So, um, where, where are we going next? We've got a couple of things. Three things. You know what? Yeah, I was going to say before. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about NXT. Okay. Um, so you, I'm going to ask you to forgive me, Dante, and I'm going to ask our listening family to forgive me. I haven't. I I, I saw the headlines about the matches. I, I was following Undisputed Era. They got all the, the titles, and it, it didn't click to me. Like, oh, this was their premiere. <laughs> it just kind of went over my head. I, I thought that they were premiering the same week as AEW was premiering. It didn't register that their week was last week. So I'm behind, kind of, sort of. I, I kind of know the outcomes, but I'm just behind on, like, the monumental fact that this was the premiere on USA. So forgive me. Well, so, so I can tell you this. For anybody who doesn't think that WWE is not paying attention or is not going to put their creative best against AEW. Just look at what they're doing with NXT. Now, uh, I don't know if you heard the comments from Kenny Omega saying that saying that when you watch AEW, you're gonna you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get real stars. You're not getting developmental guys. I'm like Kenny, bro. Uh, I'm sorry. Some of those indie guys that you guys signed, and I'm trying to think of the, the little skinny kid who uh, looks like a custom character from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater on PS1. Uh, <laughs> I don't like, and I, I'm not a huge fan of. He wrestled. Um, he, uh, he he wrestled Cody Rhodes at the uh, one of the fight for the fallen, um, and I, his name escapes me. Which lets you know how much I care about him, by the way. Like, I'll, I'll just, I'll just be honest, and I'm not going too deep in AEW until AEW has their premiere episode. They have the worst name ever. Dynamite is a stupid. Oh name. man, I said the same thing. You know what? Um, I, you know what it reminds me of? What? WCW Nitro Monday Nitro. I was gonna say, does it remind you of WCW Thunder? No, it's that too. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you this. I, I, uh, I spent. Uh, many uh, intoxicated Thursday nights at the Holman Center in Terre Haute while I was in college sitting watching Thunder Live because you get tickets for five dollars. That's how much that show stunk. Mm-hmm. But um, you know what they should you know what they should have named their show, their weekly show? Hey, yeah, should have been all elite wrestling. I'm gonna figure that out. But anyway, um, so I guess Suits is either having their season or their series finale. The next two Wednesdays. The series finale. I, I used to be a huge fan of that show, FYI. So, so, so was I. 
Oh yeah. Uh, Was it just yeah. just quick quick sidebar? When did you start watching? Yeah, yeah I, I I need to I need to. When, when, did, you, when did you start watching though? I, I stopped watching when I got rid of Directv. Oh, okay, I, I stopped yeah. watching two seasons ago when Mike left the show, and um, and Meghan Markle got married in real life. So that's when I stopped watching. So, uh, but, um, so you get an hour on USA and an hour on the network. Well, 205 Live is going to be, is it 205 Live that's going to be right after something's coming no, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the next two Wednesdays. I'm talking about the next two Wednesdays. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. And so, after that, then they go full two on USA. Hmm. What Wednesday is that happening, you may ask? It's the same Wednesday the AEW debuts on TNT. And they have lined up pretty much every title match for that premiere episode. Here's the genius. And I'm sorry, this is Triple H. This ain't Vince. I'll I'll tell you about Vince's influence uh, in a minute. He puts all the belts on the Undisputed Era. I'm marking out hard because I'm a huge... This is how good Shawn Michaels, Triple H, um, and all those trainers are down in NXT. They gave Roderick Strong a personality. You may not know Roddy Strong very much, but I remember Roddy Strong and Matt Taven. Um, I'm trying to think who who else was it. Uh, they had the, they had this faction in Ring of Honor when like Jay Lethal first came, and they were like all the Ring of Honor veterans. And Roddy Strong couldn't cut a promo to save his life when he went to Impact. He had a small feud with AJ Styles. She can wrestle. He was fantastic in the ring. Don't give him a microphone. And they giving that man a person. I'm I'm like, wow, you know, that's like, man, if you can do that, if you can do that with the Messiah of the Backbreaker. Messiah so of the I, Backbreaker. So 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 that I is. am I am excited that that little dude is strong. He is. He is. Like, like he, like he lives up to that last name. I'm trying to remember who was he wrestling when he first came in at NXT. In my mind, I want to say Sanity was down there. He like gave, um, he gave like the end of heartache to like Killian Dane, and this was pre low carb diet Killian Dane. <laughs> I'm like, man, this dude is strong. He like country strong, and he's not a big man. But anyway, um. So you put all four belts on the Undisputed Era. Why? Because you have because when when they defend their titles on the on on the same night AEW has their premiere episode. The casual wrestling fan is going to be fairly familiar with some of the stars on NXT, like the Street Profits. Hmm. It's no accident they've been on Monday Night Raw, but not wrestling, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not, they have not officially moved. 
the only stars, the ca- the casual fans is going to know AEW is going to be Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho. Yeah. The hardcore wrestling fan, they'll know the Bucks. They'll know Kenny Omega. But when you turn on NXT, pure genius. When you turn, I'm getting excited. When you turn on NXT, you're going to see the Panama City Playboy, the last pure heel leader of the Bullet Club as your NXT champion. The hardcore wrestling fan isn't just going to see Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly as your tag champions. They're going to see Red Dragon from Ring of Honor. They're going to see the Messiah of the Backbreaker, the first multi-time Ring of Honor champion. Well, I'm sorry, the first, the first Ring of Honor Grand Slam champion when they watch Roddy's Ball. You put guys who were stars internationally in Ring of Honor and on the independent circle, you gave all of them the belts. So that not only are guys like me who I started, I started watching NXT when Seth Rollins won the NXT championship. So I've been watching NXT for a while. So I'm already hooked. I know these guys. But now you're going to get the hardcore wrestling fan again. The wrestling fan who goes to the Odeum in Villa Park where Steve Bonner does shows over there and goes to indie shows who remembers Adam Cole when he wrestled for Evolve when Evolve was like nothing. And he's going to be the NXT champion. And if Chris Jericho looks anything like he did the last time I saw him cut a promo in the middle of the ring, people are going to look at Chris Jericho and say, damn, he's old. So, man, I'm like, I'm like, the Triple H is so smart. You bring up some good points. He's um, so smart. You bring up some really good points. Before, I... you, chime in, before you chime in real quick. Okay. The, big, the two biggest influences I've seen from Vince is the way they're shooting NXT. Lot, they, they're doing some high camera shots to kind of pan out of the crowd. And, and they're they're panning away. So like that 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 arena at Full Sail may only have six or seven hundred people, but he's making it look significantly bigger. And the the intros have a little bit more juice to them. They're 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 a few seconds longer than they usually are, than they were when NXT was just an hour. So so I think I think Vince is really contributing in, in a way that he doesn't get enough credit for. And that is how they're shooting. How they're how they're shooting the show. But man, yeah, the way the way they're booking is man, it, I'm like, man, Triple H is a freaking I'm I was sitting there looking at this like laughing like AEW <laughs> don't even know what they getting into. Now, good uh, you had your three points in the close, preacher. No, I, I agree. I agree. The mastermind behind, you know, I think that Paul Triple H is already a genius in his own right, uh, his IQ and his knowing the audience. But I think when you mix that with the acumen, he's learned from Vince McMahon. I think you make him a danger. Um, I think that you really put him in a position to be one of the smartest men as it relates to booking and producing uh, wrestling programs in, in the nation. But but I will say this. And, and of course, I don't have a dog in the fight, AEW, WWE. I just want good wrestling. As CM Punk said, you know, it's good to have options. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think for this first showing, this first week, the first Wednesday, um, 
AEW is going to dominate. I don't want to say dominate. I think they're going to have a higher rating, a higher rating point, only because Dante they're they're new, and I think a lot of eyes are going to look to see what exactly goes down on that first premiere episode. But I think after that, if Triple H, if NXT, if they stay in this groove and they keep people coming back, I think that they will. I think it'll be like a. If you want to compare this to the Monday Night Wars. If you want to make this com- if you want to make this comparison, I think that for the remainder of the year, next year, I think that WWE will be WCW, which meaning they will dominate. You know, um, I just I just really believe that. But this first showing, I think in a, I think AEW is gonna you know step out. I think they're gonna win as it relates to having more eyes because again they're new. And I think people are going to want to see what exactly, you know, Cody Rose and those guys are doing for that first episode. And I think that first episode is going to let people down. <laughs> and then I think that the, I think that NXT is going to be so prominently positioned, you know, they're going to be better. And I think that's, people are going to be like, well, I'm just going to keep watching this better product. And that's honestly what, what my feelings are with that. I, I, I slightly disagree. Okay, that's fine. Because here, here, here's the subtle genius once again. When AEW debuts on TNT, it's like, have you ever bought a CD? I'm dating myself because I said CD, but you're old enough. You bought a CD. Uh, I, I had listen. I had several CD cases with the thirty so, pocket sleeves. <laughs> so, so like, have you have you bought a CD? Because the song was so, the single was so dope. You're like, let me go ahead and you bought a side of the scene. Yeah, yeah. And, Disappointed. Yeah. AW is coming on that that Wednesday sight unseen. If 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 you if you don't have the the um the the BR app and you didn't watch any of the free pay per views, which were really, and I give you another point of genius. So the end of NXT, pretty much the entire roster gets in this huge brawl. Triple H is like, I want everybody to see who's going to be on this show. I'm like, man, this guy is, is a genius. But and, and so AEW kind of did those things with their, their free pay-per-views. They really weren't there, they weren't designed to further the story. They were designed to let fans see these are the guys we're rolling with when we when we go on week. Good, but when they point. go on their first show at sight unseen, you just listen to a couple singles. NXT on USA will already have two episodes in. Yeah. They'll already have an audience that says, you know what, this is what I'm watching Wednesday. I can get with that. I can get with that. But for, so, the, for so, the sake of time. <laughs> I was going to say, so, so, so really, so the only thing, so the only thing NXT wants to do that Wednesday in which they're competing, quote unquote, because it's really not competing. This, this is the competition. The competition is, which show am I going to watch live? Which shows going on my DVR? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. That, that, that's a solid point. That's a solid point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, I, and I'm like, for me, you know, the way my life set up, they both going on. Exactly. I, I'm gonna get through. I'm gonna get the reports after the, the day after anyway, and just watch the highlights. Oh, All right. The so last thing for tonight. But listen, I know you you want to do this draft, man. But no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to dive deep. I just want to kind of get your thoughts. Okay, okay, okay. But I want to get your thoughts on two specific things. Okay. Are you excited about the return of the draft? 
And is there somebody that you would prefer to see on a specific brand? Um, to your first question, based on the report that I read, um, they're doing away with this wild card rule. And yes. they're going to stick with you know it being an official draft. And so if they do that, then yeah, I'm looking forward to it because we've had the same superstars on the same brands. And it, and it has to be like real shakeups. Like don't don't draft mid carters around, you know. Like draft some top people. Like put Charlotte on Raw. You know, and this is kind of bleeding into your next question. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I wanna see some people like I want to see Randy Orton back on Raw. Um I want to see Charlotte on Raw. I want to see, uh, um, I think Seth will go good on, on SmackDown. Like, to me, you need to, Brock. Like, okay, let's put Brock on SmackDown. And the reports being that Fox wants, well, they're, they're going to get Brock, but Fox wants The Fiend on SmackDown. <laughs> and I guess WWE gave them a vehement no. But in some of those top heavy stars, I would love to see on brands. I want to see them drafted, right? Those who you really wouldn't expect it. Like, I would not expect them to put Seth Rollins, uh, to, to, to put Seth Rollins on SmackDown. I wouldn't expect that, but do it. I want them to keep Roman on SmackDown. And I know what some people are saying. Oh, you can't, you can't have, like, all of, the, all of these baby faces on, on one brand. You can't have... Roman and Seth turn one one of them heel like it's, it's that simple like turn somebody heel. Like, I, I think, I'm gonna you can if you turn them heel. Right. I, I think that's the whole point of it. You it's it's a draft. It's a shakeup. And you and I hate to use the word shakeup. I cringe when I say that. But but I think you need to really draft these guys like they used to do, man. Like there are reports that the guys when they when when Vince first started the draft, Jr. King, the wrestlers in the back, they didn't know. Who was going where? They didn't find out until that day, the same time we found out. So they're like, they didn't know. Like, keep that same energy. Like, I think the exact same thing needs to happen. We need to be surprised and we need to be like, oh, yeah. And especially since Fox is is, going to debut SmackDown, SmackDown is going to debut on Fox. Like, it really needs to be a a draft. So that's that's my thought about that. (laughs) I read two things about the draft and and what I've read is that's what's going to happen. Like this is gonna be we're going back to old school podiums at the top of the ramp and we're drafting guys. And I would love to have been in that pitch meeting to see how you sold Fox on the fact that you know Roman Reigns may be on Monday Night Raw and we won't see him on Friday nights. I would love to just see him with that pitch was. Um, I'm excited. Now, you know, let me let me say this real quick before you finish, before you go on. What what they're missing though, Dante, which I would have really appreciated if they would have really been working this general ma- manager angle because part of the thing that made the draft so cool and so intriguing back in the day is the fact that you had Bischoff and Vince like, "Oh, I I got him. I want him. You know, and, and Bischoff going back and you know, like that. That those characters I, made it cool. I, I, I gotta admit, I'm actually liking wrestling without an authority figure on TV. I think for this though, I agree. I'm not. I, I do well, agree. What happened? You have them. 
you 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 just gonna have Stephanie McMahon, who's still technically commissioner of Raw, true. to just pull a Jack Tunney and show up for the draft. True, true, true. And, and true. Shane is technically still commissioner of SmackDown. The, the, so, the, okay, okay, yeah, we haven't seen yeah, Stephanie but, that but much. You still, you still got the you still got the you know the billionaires kids playing in Danny Sandbox. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so you'll still get them. Okay, you'll still get them. okay, okay. So, okay. but yeah, so I'm excited about the draft. I'm excited about brand exclusivity. Um, I also want to see Randy Orton on Raw. Yeah. And can I tell you something else that you'll enjoy very much? I'd like to see him have a nice run as Universal Champion. You know, uh, the the conversation was (laughs) if, if the Fiend, there are a few people who, what, what did they say? That the Fiend, there are few people that should lose to the Fiend. That's what it was. There are very few people that should lose. Was that, what? it was either there are few people who should lose to the Fiend or either the Fiend should lose too, where it would damage either one of their characters. I forgot which point of the argument they made, but, but Randy Orton like was one of those names. Like, it, it would be a good callback to that original feud they had. But to put them together in this new atmosphere of what the Fiend is, like even if Randy beat him or if Randy lost, but it, it it really wouldn't like that. I'm okay with that, you know. And I think that the crowd would be okay with that too. If Randy, if if the Fiend yeah. lost to Orton, like okay, like that that I'm I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that you said that it made me it made made my mind jog back to that point. So I actually I would actually I actually want to see Randy with the title for one reason, because there's something that's missing from his resume. And that is, I want him to take guys, be in a feud with him, over the title, he keeps the title, but the pe- but the guys he wrestles comes out looking better for having wrestled Randy Orton. Okay, yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't, I, you, I, I don't know a guy whose career he made. No. I, I agree. I that's, that's, I agree. that's the one glaring gap in Randy Orton's resume, in my opinion. Well, he's been he's been protected, you know, uh, for the most part. So, for the most part. Uh, so so yeah. So um, so yeah. I I would love to see Randy on Raw. Um, I would actually like to see Seth on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, and and see Seth. I think to me. SmackDown has always been the wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and and so that's why Seth fits on SmackDown. The only issue is I don't want to see him wrestle Brock Lesnar for the championship again. No, no. Like, uh, I, I, I would like I would like to see Kofi get at least another run with the championship off of Brock. That and that that's that's the that's the question I've got for you later on. But um, we'll go ahead with your draft. <laughs> so, but that, no, but that's it. Like that's it. I'm excited. Man. Okay, I can't man. Wait. So listen, so I, I want to see Randy on Raw. I want to see Seth on SmackDown. Listen, man. I've been going back and forth in my head about this all day. Uh, can I tell you that I have really been thinking about this with Brock challenging, and I want your thoughts with Brock challenging okay. Kofi for the championship. We know that they're going to have a match at the premiere of SmackDown on Fox for the championship. So option A, you know, Brock wins. 
do you end do you end Kofi's run, or is it a thing that okay Brock wins, but they have a rematch clause that's enacted at Hell in a Cell, and it's put back on Kofi? Like I'm just I need to know because to me, if Brock takes this belt off of that boy, Adante, I'm sorry, it's no coming back from that. Like to me, Kofi loses. He's buried. Like I don't think that he's going to be able. His character is not going to be able to survive that. Not if he loses on SmackDown. If he loses on SmackDown, like it's a wrap. If he if he loses maybe at at, at a pay per view, then maybe that makes more sense. But to me, Dante, if Brock beats him clean on SmackDown, like it's over for Kofi. Do you, do you hear that sound? Are you clapping? No, I got the pencil. Let me book the territory. Wait, wait, I, I, I got a book too. Let me let me give you my booking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mine's gonna be better, but you go first. Shut up! I hate you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I've been thinking about this, man. Okay, so in in my mind, in my mind, they go head to head, and um, at SmackDown, you know, Paul comes out, you know, and and he and he talks up Brock. Brock comes out, and um. And they face, they, they, they head off. They, 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 they face off against each other. And you have it where Kofi wins. To me, Kofi wins. But there's a purpose, right? Now, mm-hmm. now Brock doesn't squash Kofi. Brock doesn't squash Kofi. It, it can't be a 15-minute fight. We know Brock can't give you that. You know, I think that you make it a some kind of way, it's not a clean win. Something has to happen. Kofi gets dirty. Something ha- It's not a clean win, but Kofi wins. Okay, so you go back to SmackDown the following week. Something that they did this past Tuesday that they really need to build on is, and I don't know if they did it on purpose or if it was on accident, but I forgot who Kofi was sitting down interviewing with, and you helped me with it. I think it was Michael Cole. It was almost like Kofi was second guessing himself if he really could beat Brock Lesnar or not. It almost seemed as if he was trying to convince himself because he said the same generic stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know walk out your champion, I'm gonna beat Brock. It, it almost sounded like he was trying to convince himself. So I really want them to build on the fact that after he beats Brock, Paul brings it up like it was a fluke. You know you can't really beat the beast. You won because your boys came to the ring. This whatever the case was. That's the reason you won. And so that, that really needs to, they need to really make that visible on TV. That Kofi is conflicted. Can I be Brock alone? Fast for a week, the, the, the go home show before Hell in the Cell. Um, easy, um, I almost called him Easy E. Big E, Xavier Woods, say, hey, we got you, man. And we're going to come down. You know, he says, no, I'm going to do this thing by myself. I need to prove to myself, I need to prove to my, to my family. I need to prove to the world that I deserve to be champion. I've beaten Joe, Randy. I've beaten everybody who's come my way. The only thing standing in my way is Brock. I need to beat the beast. I need to prove to myself that I am that damn good. He goes down to the ring. Brock's music hits. Brock comes down to the ring. They're going at it. He gives them some, some, some suplexes. Kofi hits a trouble in paradise. Paul gets on the apron. You know, but then Brock starts molly whopping them. All of a sudden, Biggie and Xavier Woods come down. 
They come down with the intention to help Kofi, but they cost him the match. Brock wins. He walks away from Heaven in a Cell as your new champion. As Paul Heyman and Brock are walking up the ramp, you can hear the walrus screaming, I told you so. I told you so. Kofi's in the ring with Big E and Xavier Woods. He's staring down at Big E because he says, I told you not to come down and you cost me the match. Oh, they start pushing. They start shoving. Now the feud is the set. Big E and Kofi. I think that's how you book it. Because that's the only way you keep Kofi relevant and get the belt off of him. But I also think that you've got an opportunity now to build up Kofi's character. And I think what would be bigger than the belt, him going against Big E. That, to me, that's, the, that's, that's, that's how you book it. That's me. I don't know. Yours might be better. I don't know. But I, oh, like, yeah, that. I, I like that. I like that. Do you not, okay. do you not like that, though? You not like that? So my only issue is if he feels if he feels and the goal is to get him another big time opportunity against Brock, how do you oh, get that him? that's not the goal. It's over. <laughs> no, I don't think it has to be over. Okay. I don't think it has to be over. So there there are two big ideas with Kofi being the champion. No, not number number one, um, is Kofi's inadequacy. Being champion, that was that was really that was really the part of that was really the part of the between he and Randy Orton that they should have explored more in depth, but did. I agree. There was a lot um, about that, that they should have explored more in depth, but they did. Yeah. So, so it's it's that, and then of course, Brock comes out and beats Kofi. Uh, er, then everyone's right. So go with that. So this is what I do. So Brock's going to win on October 4th. He's going to win. And he should. Because Brock needs to be the champion. Or his and, and he need and here's the thing. If you notice, every time Brock comes back and wrestles for the championship, and I can't think of a time where he didn't, he wins. So he needs to win. He needs to. May I ask you a question? Give you a little Kofi trivia. Shoot. What's one thing? kind of coming up from here to WrestleMania that Kofi does not have on his resume. Oh, the Universal Championship? No. Has nothing to do with titles. Oh, the Royal oh, Rumble. Oh, oh okay, 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 okay. I, I give you that. That's pretty smart. So, I, I so give you Kofi's that. questioning whether or not he can beat Brock. He, this is the question. Not only do you have him lose to Brock, you have heel Shane McMahon come and say, look, it was great. It ain't happening for you. I mean, you, you kind of Daniel Bryan a Jace book it. But when you're talking about him going against Brock, I mean, Kofi's small. So him working underneath just makes sense. So so, so you tell you tell Kofi, look, you had your run. It was great. You threw pancakes, but it's, you're done. And Kofi's like, well, look, I deserve another chance because, of course, you know, the mandatory re, uh, rematch clause, it 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 it, it, it waxes and wanes. So you say, so you so so Shane's like, all right, fine. You know what? You want another shot at the championship? You can have it, but it's a number one contenders match, and it's a triple threat. And you know who you're wrestling that triple threat? Kofi, Xavier Woods, and Big E. 
because Shane's a heel. And guess what? Kofi loses. And it doesn't matter which one of the New Day that you put against Brock, they're going to lose too. And you have Kofi just have this series of unfortunate events. He doesn't, like, he doesn't win. So Rumble's in January. He just kind of, let's have Kofi, let's have Kofi lose his smile, quote unquote, (laughs) after Survivor Series. You don't see him again until the go-home episode of SmackDown. Because he comes back and he says, listen, I worked 11 years to be champion. I can't go out like that. So Shane goes, fine. He he goes, I want to be in the Royal Rumble. So Kofi has to wrestle, insert your opponent here, Elias, who cares, for a spot in the Royal Rumble. And he wins. And Shane goes, congratulations, Kofi. You're in the Royal Rumble. But you know what? You're first. Hmm. So Kofi enters the Rumble first, and somehow he wins. And you know who he gets at WrestleMania? Brock Lesnar. And you have Brock, and you have Kofi. Because here's the thing. Brock's probably not working past WrestleMania anyway, yeah. number one. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you do, there is, there is a match for Brock without the championship that he could actually put someone else over and then go away until he's ready to come back at one, probably one or two more times before he's decided he's made enough money and he can retire. Um, I think Brock versus Big E makes sense. So you, so you book the match at WrestleMania very similar to the way you booked Brock and Eddie before WrestleMania 20 at No Way Out. Because they, they insert Goldberg, and that's how you got the Goldberg-Brock match in WrestleMania 20. So you insert you insert Biggie, you insert Braun, but you insert someone into the match to where Kofi wins at WrestleMania. He can stay a babyface. And you, he beats Brock, but, but Brock still looks strong. And then Brock goes and he has beef. And then Kofi has made event at consecutive WrestleManias. He's won a Royal Rumble and he's champion for a second time. Okay. And then, and then, as he's celebrating, throwing pancakes, his reign in Pudios, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, no one saw it coming because everyone just knew he was going to turn on Kofi. But no. Xavier Woods pulls a Seth Rollins. Okay. And turns on Kofi at WrestleMania. Turns on E at WrestleMania. Okay. Because because he's the doctor. He's the smart one. Yeah. Why should I why should I go around playing a trombone throwing pancakes for y'all being y'all shout? It's my time. Yeah. So we're both in agreement that the new day needs to go ahead. Uh it's time. No. No, if, if, like, for, for the story, for the story sense, for the yeah, I, I think from a story from perspective, a, yeah, from a story, it, it makes sense. I, I don't, I don't know, like who, unless you try to rehash Daniel Bryan, Kofi, 
And I'm, but I, I, don't, I don't think no, I don't think no one anyone wants to see that. I think that's that, the thing. I, I think if you want something fresh, and the new days on SmackDown, I think yeah, you turn one of them heel, and I think everyone expects it to be big. Yeah, and you make it. But, but, I, but I, I think Xavier Woods is the better choice, um, because I think he, I mean, he comes off heelish. He does. You know, and he, he'd be a great chicken shit heel. So, so, and you you get you get two title reigns out of Kofi, and you get something that, and in my mind, I don't ever remember seeing. You get two brothers wrestling for a war, war heavyweight championship. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Um, I'm with that. That was better than mine. I, I'll give you that. I'm not gonna. I think mine's is very good. I like mine a lot, but I, I think yours is better. I'll give you that. So, if there's anyone listening who needs someone to come book your your little indie promotion, give me a call. I mean, I think I should have some part in that too. I, I don't think I'm terrible. <laughs> terrible, ter- terrible, terrible, terrible. What is that? What is I don't this? like your face. I don't like it. <laughs> too small. No, no. Um, now you can be the you can be the ring announcer. I, I want to book, man. <laughs> I want to book the matches. Let me book, but I want to manage. Show me how to take a bump. I want to take a bump or two. Oh, I, yeah. I, I want to be in the bag. Let me let me let me produce. Let me manage. You know, no, not manage. Let me book. Let me produce. Um, listen, guys. Thank you for listening. I think I really enjoyed this podcast. I've, I've been chopping at the bit. To talk to my dear brother and dear friend about some wrestling topics, man. Um, Dante, you've got a lot going on. You are a Renaissance man. Um, tell us where we can find you. I mean, you can find me on the Twitter machine at PastorDDP. You can now find me on the gram. You can find me on Instagram, Pride the Good Kid, um, an homage to my late father who used to call me the Good Kid when I was growing up. Um, on Instagram, I host a college football podcast, um, the Triple Option podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Um, and if you like to read about college football, you can find my work on SaturdayBlitz.com. Right. You guys can find me on all social media accounts. Desmond Alisea, D-E-Z-I-M-O-N-A-L-I-C-E-A. Spell it, but don't spray it. I, I was trying to think of a catch line, but that, that was stupid. Uh, we can also follow us on Facebook at Preachers and Pinfalls. Um, if there's nothing else, uh, give us the outro, Dante. Hey, if all lines are clear, shout out to the Hall of Famer, S.D. Jones. And that is the benediction. Until next week, brothers and sisters of the Square Circle. <laughs>